and Jules. This is the Nick and Jules podcast. Everyone pick an accent they're going to do the podcast in. <laughs> I'll I'll do English. Uh-huh. Jules, you do French. Uh, Matt, you can do uh, Indian. <laughs> the second it's like non-white, you're like, whoops, let's not. <laughs> and uh, this is also really th- like throw you under the bus. <laughs> um, all right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Uh, it's good to have you here, Jules. Ah, it is a pleasure. Matthew? Accents are fun. Um, I'm doing one <laughs> well now. Well played. Matthew, <laughs> turns out you're not a piece of garbage. Hooray. It's a social experiment we were conducting. Yeah, and I passed because I'm wonderful. Excellente. Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On today's podcast, Matt is in here, as he is (laughs) most of them. (laughs) Ta-da! We have not quite the news bulletin. Yeah, I'm enjoying this. Oh, Mm. good. Day day two, I less blue. Uh, as opposed to yesterday at our boss's request. Which just just that's just how the headlines shook out yesterday. Yeah, Mal. They happened to be a bit naughty. <laughs> very Tuesday vibes of it. Today's was fun. <laughs> I was very jealous of this young girl and all her squillions of dollars. I just can't like I struggle you know, like if a good friend of mine won the lotto mm. and uh like it was a substantial amount of money and I couldn't get any of that money. Rude. I would prefer not to know. Oh yeah, I, oh, well, that's fa- I think that's me fair. Isn't it interesting? I just can't be happy for other people. <laughs> there's some level of jealousy where it's like every- jealousy is supposedly a bad trait, but it's also innately human, and it's just like, well, yeah, what are you gonna do? Like, I don't like that I feel that this way. I know I shouldn't. I mm. wish I didn't, but like, I just I'm gonna feel that way. It's like the 10k tip yesterday. It's like you can't be, you can't help but be a little bit jealous. Like, you know, what did you do to deserve that? And I understand with the lottery ticket, maybe you purchased that, but still. The odds are very small. I honestly, you're probably more likely to get a ten thousand dollar tip at a restaurant than you are to win. You need to work at places where billionaires dine. Well, it's true. It didn't look like it was a billionaire cafe though. Mm. Oh, mate, rich people—they're just like us. Mm. They're blending in with society. <laughs> oh, maybe he was slumming it for the day, wearing a Kmart top for once, having his own gratitude day. Oh, he just trying to make himself would wear a Kmart top. He's, uh, you know, would the fabrics, the cheap materials, would give him rashes. Do you know um, who's Nick Curios's tennis partner? I think he, oh, uh, Kokonakis. Tanasi Kokonakis. Yes, he famously wears a whole bunch of like black Kmart t-shirts when he plays. Because yeah, he's like, smart. I just work through them so often that he's like, what's the point in spending a whole bunch of dosh on it? Yeah, that's true. He words. Probably doesn't have to spend money on it as well. No. Yeah, sure he's probably moderately sponsored. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> by Kmart. But that is fair. I never used to think uh, it's like, hey, how do, how often do you churn through certain bits of clothing? I'm realizing that an issue that I have, Jules, you've not seen much Seinfeld. No, Matt, have None. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, the reference with George being like um, uh, stretching out the hole in a jumper. I was, wasn't so sure big. if you're going to the shrinkage story for George, but no, okay, yeah, no. the uh, stretching the so whole out, yeah. There's a plot line in yeah, Seinfeld where George Costanza, mm-hmm. um, his char- the character is gets like roasted because his head's quite big. Sure. And so he like, you know, doesn't people won't want to lend him a jumper because it stretches out the head hole. What I'm realizing on quite a few t shirts I have, I've one or two theories, but the head the hole is like a bit stretched around the neck. Ah. Is someone else wearing your clothes? Because I think I have a very standard sized head. Are you putting it like on like pants? Are you going from the bottom <laughs> up? <laughs> I put it on through my arm. <laughs> um, but I thought, I was like, oh, this is a bit of a, this is strange. Uh, my, these, are my, these are my leading theories. Okay. Uh, right now. Sure. One, 
leading theory one is, yeah, maybe I have a bigger head than I'm aware of, mm-hmm. but I also wear most of my clothing a size one or two up than what I would need to. I prefer a loose fit. Well, yeah, you're not going full skin tight. No, which is something that I will start to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, that would be more problematic. Yes. More stretching. Maybe it's happening so minutely that eventually it gets to more stretch and you don't realize because you're stretching it a little bit each day. Well, I just don't think that each I, way. I don't think I own clothes that long. Like, cause I will, I'll, mm. I'll go, I'll probably get a new, I'll have like five base t-shirts that get quite heavy wear mm-hmm. and those are probably replaced every year cause they're just your basic tees and yep. they do get worn out. And that's just cause the material gets gross. Mm. It's not yes. like the head stretching thing. My other theory is that, uh, Sunglasses, because I I will like put them on my collar, so that uh, that'll yep. do it. That does Classic. a bit of stretching. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're wearing those giant Elton John sunglasses, yeah, that's I do probably wear, weighing them down. I'm still wearing my novelty 2020 glasses <laughs> that I wore for New Year's Eve. Mate, you're never gonna get the two zeros. It was so perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm gonna wait another ten thousand years for it to come back around. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah. Well, maybe I've ha- I have found that when I see people um, putting shirts on, there is some variety in the way people do it. Like some people just like scounch it all up and grab the neck hole and put that on and then put their arms through. Some people hold it above them and just drop it down. <laughs> there are surprisingly different ways How- to uh, put shirts on. Might be just those two. Maybe Who's to say? New, new advertising <laughs> campaign. How do you shirt? <laughs> um, Jules, how do you shirt? Um, you also wow. have di- like drastically different. Like a normal way, I assume. You do wear different clothing to Matt and I. I'm looking at your, like, is it a, are you wearing a dress right now? No, I'm wearing a top. A top, top and skirt. You have... I put unless the head hole through first and then the arm holes. Yes, but it's not a standard size head hole. If, if, oh, if that no, was a standard like, size head hole, your head would be much larger. <laughs> look how look how stretched out Jules' head hole is right now. She's <laughs> got an enormous head. I'll grab some scissors and we'll just cut yours out. Give you a bit of a, uh, show you decotelage. Uh, uh, show some Maybe And my chain. <laughs> this is all coming up. In fact, we'll just grab your shirt, Jules. Yeah. <laughs> no wow. Worries. That would might fit. Yeah. Because you've, you've got a bit of shoulder action going, but you can just sort of see upper neck for me. Yeah. Although for Seinfeld reference, it could be a little piratey on you. Oh, very true. Pirate that would be... vibes. I didn't know I was going for that today. No, yeah, but on him. Fun. You, oh, it looks great. Right, him, right. pirate all day. Pi- yeah, and that's just because I drop a lot of R. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, the and accent I, you're And going I have for. scurvy. Uh, yeah. Well, you can do the pirate accent because I'm mostly white. Hmm, fun. Because <laughs> it's, it's not a hate crime if I do that. Justification. Uh, Matt, how do you shirt? <laughs> uh, the, right, the right way, I would say. Yeah. yeah, just um, is that one where you? I do go. I do hold my arms up and let cut it, it in half, and then you down. sew it together on your body. It ta- <laughs> this is why it takes me an hour to get ready for work every day. I've got yeah. to sew my shirts because you have together. to employ that. You have to go to that seamstress's house that lives around <laughs> the corner, and she's busy. Oh, early starts, but it's worth it. She's like, please stop coming around at this time of the morning. <laughs> Isn't the controversial thing having the like how you take the shirt off? Because men do it differently to women. Well, how did women do it? Like not the thing where you reach from behind and you pull your shirt off backwards. Yeah, that is a different thing as well. Yeah, Matt, yeah. how do you do it? How do you how do you de-shirt? I just uh, worm around on the bed until it comes <laughs> off. Yeah, I wear I wear Squirming. it until it decomposes <laughs> off. <laughs> I get a pressure hose so hard that it tears through it. <laughs> you just go to the, the car wash every afternoon. I'm gra- I think I'm crossing my arms over and grabbing the sides of the shirt. Yeah, yeah which then... is normal. I so think. it ends up inside out. Whereas the other yep. option is that they pull yeah from where the tag which is, is wrong. and it keeps it from going inside out. Oh, who cares? Or do you do the thing seconds. where you get a coat hanger and you put it on the back of your clothes while you're still wearing it? Put the coat hanger onto your cupboard and then just drop out from underneath. <laughs> <laughs> you do use coat hangers if you can't zip up the back and you can't reach. That's handy for dresses and, and oh, stuff. Lady life. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that sounds like um, old spinster tips. <laughs> 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 We've got no, uh, one, no housemates or anyone there to 
no help one you to get help it together. Me. You're alone. That. You that. <laughs> that wasn't. And fun. I've got I've got housemates to do it. <laughs> oh, that's kind of weird though. Asking your housemate, oh, can you zip me up? I also don't have anything that needs to be zipped up. Well, it's probably more weird for Jules then in that case. Yeah. Once well, I um called uh the hotel concierge to zip my dress because <laughs> I couldn't do it myself. Lantita. <laughs> Did that sound um? <laughs> First of all, lovely to be in a place that has a concierge that offers such a service. <laughs> I rang up. I was like, can you do this? I don't know if this is a weird request. Important but... important question. Male or woman? Uh, it was a female. And I think they sent a female when they realized what my request was. Yeah. Because I was going to say, it does sound, it sounds like, hey, sorry, I'm having trouble getting my clothes on. Can someone <laughs> yeah. give me a hand? So yeah, leave the money on the bedside table when we're done. Yeah. <laughs> don't look at me. But you got it on in the end of the day. I did. She got it on. All um, right. Uh, uh, you ain't nothing but a pound dog. That's a good. That's a good segue into uh, a <laughs> pound it was dog. A police? Uh, was it a jail dog? Yeah, pound. Well, pound. People, some people refer to oh, jail the as dog the pound. needed to be adopted. Oh, course, it was definitely. probably in the pound, sure. Yeah, it, it was in the pound. pound it was from a rescue or like a where they abandoned dogs at a shelter. It's just nice. It's a lovely concept. How they just it's it just goes to show like dogs just make people nice. Like mm. it just, it's that, that connection, that love, it just, it helps mm. people become better. And I think we it's really, a great idea. We connect with the prisoners when we realize they're dog people. True. I don't know yeah, if it's humanizing. Mm. I don't know if I connect with the prisoners. <laughs> oh, connect I with the dog. But, you you know. do? What's, um, what, uh, here's a fun one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know who it's going to be. Let's see. All right, I really, I, right. If you were to go to jail. Sure. What crime do you think it was most likely for? Too much shoplifting. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't want murder. No, know. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you'd have to go out and do it. But I'm saying the trajectory your life is on at moment. Oh, what like, would be in my yeah? Like right. what? What, what is uh, most what's most likely that you've like fraud? You, even if accident <laughs> fraud, yeah, I've done tax fraud. <laughs> That's true. I did it when I was 19. Maybe some kind of road rage incident for people not indicating correctly on roundabouts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Surprised. It would it would have to be uh, I mean, generally speaking, I don't mean to you know assume. I feel so, like our, if we do go to jail, it's going to be accidental. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, I didn't say anything about accidental. The fraud right now on intentional road rage. Oh, if it was to if it, if it were to happen, I would go all out. Like if I'm going to go, let's take it down. That was mm. my defense for the tax fraud as it was an accident and I didn't know better. Oopsies. To watch out when you're doing. That's why I don't do my tax myself anymore. It's you make someone else do it. It's too easy to commit tax fraud yourself accidentally. Mm. Yeah, I've uh, my mum uh, is an accountant by trade, and uh, she would never let me do any of that tomfoolery because she knows how painful auditing is. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Understand? Good for her. I don't quite understand what auditing is either. Um, well, look, I can't wait process. for you to find out. <laughs> well, no, I just have someone, someone does it for me. So they would be the one that gets ordered, right? Oh, Richie Rich. But yeah, technically. But you they, will still have to provide proof. Yes. That, you have to hold the receipts. I don't, what if I don't, I don't claim receipts? Well, then you've got well, to prove Fraud something. City, bro. Off your trot. Huh? <laughs> you're, you're free then. Is that how, well, I don't think that I claim enough to necessitate receipts. Uh, so I don't know. I, this is how close to the tax thing I am. I have a chat to the guy on the phone. Right. And then he sends me an email and says, does this seem fine? I'm like. Yes. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. You, you obviously know my experience with tax. It seems legit. But then how did you come up with those numbers? Where I committed tax fraud. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, because I wasn't talking to the guy. I got I got a group certificate back when they sent those to you. Mm-hmm. And you had to put it. Oh, in so your... you don't claim anything. anything I, cl- I claim stuff. But, he, but it's like, unless I have explicitly stuff to claim. This is boring tax chat. <laughs> uh Jules threw a tantrum. 
at the doctor's office. Rightly so. 40 minutes wait. 45, uh-uh. Matt. 45. 45, Matt. Really hurts. Come on. And particularly when you're at a doctor, presumably not in great health. No. You're not feeling your 100%. God, imagine if it was an incredibly time-sensitive illness. It's like if we only had got to this one earlier. Mm. <laughs> she's only got two hours to live and she's spending an hour of that in the waiting room. Yeah, it's that classic <laughs> doctor joke where it's like, uh, the bad news is you've got 24 hours to live. Mm. The, uh, live. the worst news, I'm trying to get onto you since yesterday, uh, everything Okay. Everything is the, being the, in, under control. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean health wise. I mean at the <laughs> in the waiting room, everything ended up being okay. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. got in. It's um it's not a common uh it is a common occurrence that there's a whole bunch of people waiting out there, like why do you lining think up going for back to this place. Well, clearly she's thorough. Like she gives everyone a long appointment by the time you get in there. But so, sometimes I don't and doesn't think doesn't charge you a long appointment, which is thoughtful. Not everything necessitates a thorough appointment. If I go in with a grazed knee, mm. like, oh, I yeah, don't she need will do a whole bunch of other blood tests. Oh, you're getting about. MRIs, <laughs> <laughs> you're getting amputations, you're getting CAT scans. Yeah, yeah. She's like, we just got to cover all the bases, so that's fun. Right all righty, heaps of stuff to enjoy on the podcast. Everybody enjoy. Let's get out of here. Bye, Nick. I uh, went to the doctor yesterday, and I've mentioned this a couple of times. Um, that this doctor is quite thorough, but she tends to make me wait a fair amount of time. Which is pretty standard for the doctor, though. So, I don't know. There's some... I don't understand how doctor's offices run, but it's mm. almost as if they should just start the day half an hour earlier. Yeah. everyone's they really always behind. Should. Yes. It gets frustrating. Um, the average time I'm waiting there is 40 minutes. Yesterday, we got to 45. <laughs> That's pretty long. It is pretty long. And yeah. I was feeling frustrated. I was feeling impatient. But so, too, was this toddler and her mother. Mm. And the toddler, I'm bad with kids' ages. She was walking, but she wasn't in primary school. She's sure. somewhere in that gap. Could have been three, could have been 30. Sure. <laughs> and I just noticed that her approaches to dealing with the the time that she had to wait was similar to how I wanted to. Sure. So first of all, her strategy was to get her mum to take her to the toilet multiple times. Kill some time with a few bathroom trips. Now, did your mum come with you to the doctor's appointment? My mum didn't, but, no, you, but know, you had her on FaceTime while yeah. you were pooing. So I did a couple of trips too, obviously took my turn as the toddler also went to the toilet. I also thought, great idea, I'll follow Tag suit. team, yeah. yep. Uh, then she tried pacing the room. Um, she, you know, sort of took her shoes off and on and that sort of thing. Yeah. I didn't go that far, but, you know, I thought a couple of laps helped the step count. Exactly. Got to get a, get that uh, exercise in where you can. I tried different steps, uh, different seats rather, in the <laughs> waiting room. <laughs> Uh, she also tried that too. So she tried different seats. So different you seats. Sitting on people's laps, sitting on the floor. <laughs> she tried her mum's lap. I thought we won't go that far. Yeah, right. And there was one strategy that she did try uh, post-wailing that I thought, okay, come on, rein it in a little bit, little did girl. Did you try the wailing, by the way? I didn't. But I thought- Because I hear that does seem to get you results pretty quickly. <laughs> if, you're, open... if you're an adult who does it. It does open up the waiting room and uh, people to start staring at you. Uh, but there was one thing this impatient young lady did that I thought, okay, we will not follow suit, probably inappropriate, mm. is she lifted up her dress and she pulled down her knickers and her mom just looked at her and I said, come on, honey, you're not going to get anyone's attention here. We don't know what she was at the doctor's for. That might have actually worked. <laughs> what has one dog in Tasmania done to find himself behind bars? Ten-year-old Caesar couldn't be happier, even if his forever home is behind bars. The staffy Labrador Cross was a regular visitor to Ron Barwick Prison as part of the Pups on Parole program, but Caesar's crippling anxiety meant no one on the outside wanted him. So it's okay he didn't commit any crimes. Oh, I was going to say, so he is a good boy. He is a, he is a very good boy, Caesar. 
Pups on Parole? Is that the program name? Yeah, there's a program they're running at the prison down in Tasmania where they, with the prisoners, the convicts, the people that are there, they uh, have all these dogs come in and they mm. train them and they socialize them so that way they can then get the dogs adopted by actual families living on the outside. It just turns out that Caesar can't go more than half an hour without being near people before he freaks out and little oh. poor little guy just absolutely has a hard time. Poor Caesar. So the, the prison warden went, well, you know what? Why doesn't he just stay? And yep. all the prisoners would love that. I mean, because how often you probably don't get to hang out with a dog that much when you're in prison. No. And as far as pet ownership goes, you you hear about dogs with anxiety because after COVID, a couple of years, you know, people get pets and then they go back oh, to yeah. the workforce and the dogs are used to having someone around all the time. As far as workplaces go, as far as environments go for dogs, you're not leaving prison anytime soon. Yeah, that's true. It is also very funny to think of it from like, Caesar the dog is actually stoked to be in prison. Like, <laughs> Caesar doesn't know the difference between prisoners and common citizens. No, that's true, actually. That's almost, you know, dogs don't see your criminal conviction in no. your history. Hopefully that doesn't come back into play for him. I look forward to Jules down the track when this becomes like a Hollywood blockbuster movie. <laughs> and it yes. turns out Caesar the dog isn't just an innocent dog and has been employed by, you know, the mafia on the outside and has been smuggling contraband into the prison. That's a movie that I would see. That'd be impressive. Uh, I'll volunteer. I'll play the dog. Oh, okay. You can CGI. I'll put like the mocap suit on. You can CGI me if you need to, but I'll play Caesar. 131060, what was the kid's complaint? Oh, yeah. After a mum received her lunchbox of healthy food back with a note from her nine-year-old saying, this food sucks. Sometimes kids just rip you. They give you feedback unsolicited. You know what? They uh, they don't have bedside manner. No, nah, they have no filter. David from Dremure, uh, of course, you've got a granddaughter that's uh, been giving some feedback. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. What's the, what's the go there, there, David? That the daughter had to go to a, a function in Melbourne, and the granddaughter said, "Yeah, she was going," and they tried to explain to her that she can't go. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other daughter's putting Lisa's makeup on, you know, and the little one sat there and sat there and. When they finished putting the makeup on, that Ellen said to Lily, Mum looked pretty. Anyway, little one just stood up, walked over to the door, stopped in the tracks, looked over her shoulder and said, If you ask me, she looks disgusting. Yeah, yeah. That's it. If I can't come, no one gets to look pretty. <laughs> Appreciate the call, Dave. Let's go over to Kirsty from Wodonga. Kirsty, let's hear it. What's the rough feedback that's been given? Um, so I worked in a college and I worked in the diverse learning team. Um, so we dealt with a lot of our beautiful um, autistic children. Sure. And I had one of my students come up to me one morning and I just did a big stretch, big yawn, put my arms up and she sort of looked at me and she went, oh, that reminds me, I need to shave my armpits too. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do in that moment? <laughs> oh, you just, you have to laugh with them. They're, um, they're sometimes the honesty that you need. So it gave me a good reminder, that's yep. for sure. <laughs> it's a bit of a tap on the shoulder to keep our own Absolutely. personal hygiene up to scratch. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Kirsty, thanks for the call. Yep, thanks. Hey, wrap Bye. things up for us. Over to Jared from Shepherd and mate, let's hear the rough feedback. Okay. Okay, so it's not actually my feedback. A female friend of mine, she got sick of her kids absolutely ripping her up about some of these bad meals supposedly that she was cooking. Okay. So oh, she, no. came up, she came up with an awesome option called Gratitude Day, and that would be the next day, and they would just get bowls of rice and water <laughs> for every Sorry. single meal, including a snack after school. So if they wanted anything to eat after school, it's a bowl of, a bowl of rice and a, bowl of, and a glass of water. And they did that twice. And now they eat whatever mum and dad put down in front of them every single day of the year. So, so how'd it go down with the kids? 
they weren't real happy about the gratitude day. As I said, it only lasted two times, and then they just eat everything that mum and dad puts in front of them. Now, so, is the idea, Jared, that if they weren't, if they did complain about it one day, that was what triggered it the next? Pretty much, yeah. Nice. So if you criticise mum or dad for whatever they cook, regardless of the reason, swear and carrying on whatever, you'd get gratitude day the next day. It only happened twice. Yeah, good that, thinking. That makes sense. Hey, Jared, appreciate the call, mate. So easy. Have a good day, guys. Thank you. The news is important, Jules. Sure. But not all the stories make it to the news. That's why we've got right now not quite the news bulletin. Where I can finally put my journalism degree to use. Right. Here are some of the headlines that you will not find in the news today that have not been deemed as important. But I think, hey, you know what? I reckon you need to hear about this one. <clears throat> British schoolgirl set to retire from her toy-selling empire, aged 11. Who? Some British schoolgirl. Her name is Pixie Curtis. She's hanging up her boots to focus on herself and her education. Miss Curtis is set to start high school inside the next year. Good for her. The young girl makes close to $200,000 a month selling toys. Oh my God, I need a slice of that. Not bad at all. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry considering legal action after depiction in the latest episode of South Park. The popular cartoon depicts the Prince and Princess of Canada, a couple who physically resemble the Sussexes. The fictitious characters are known to be going on a worldwide privacy tour, shown in a number of situations calling for privacy whilst inadvertently drawing more attention to themselves. Many people have likened this to the behaviour of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. They probably look similar. Yeah, the creators of South Park yet to receive legal correspondence, though, so it's all talk, Jules. Australia joins a coalition of nations protesting the International Olympic Committee, their move to allow Russian and Belarusian athletes to compete at the 2024 Paris Olympics. Still uh, still next year. It is next year. Australia so far one of 34 countries taking a stand against the IOC's proposal that would see athletes from Russia and Belarus allowed to compete under a neutral flag. So it's like that one where they're not technically Russia, it's not technically Belarus. Oh, like in the Aussie Open, yep. But it flag. does mean that you know Vladimir Putin and the nations that are at war, that have started this war against Ukraine, are still going to be funding their athletes. Good for them. And Australia's taking a stand. We're one of 34. And there's going to be many more to come. Nick and Jules. That was the Nick and Jules podcast.